It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Two o'clock hour here on KSL News Radio, the extended edition of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Hope everything's going well your way. And uh, we've covered a lot of ground already today. We've had... Uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox join us. We've had Senator Mitt Romney in the studio. We had Luz Escamilla running for the Salt Lake City mayor's slot. And I covered a lot of ground politically. And again, really interesting. I, I threw out this term, the integrity of compromise. And some people say that when you compromise, that you know, you're squishing out, you're abdicating, you're giving up, you're giving in. Uh, I had another texture just sent in say, politics is the art of compromise, which I completely agree with. Uh, and all of it has to be done centered in, in principle. To me, that's the key. Uh, it's not that we need to, as Arthur Brooks says, it's not that we need to disagree less. We need to disagree better. And we need to have people in Washington, D.C. who are willing to have that disagreement in front of the American people. So we get out of this behind closed doors stuff where compromise doesn't happen. Collusion happens. And I know everyone freaks out about the word collusion because it's it's been uh, hijacked. Uh, but the real collusion is between those in power, not left and right, uh, both sides. Uh, the real collusion is why we are nearly $23 trillion in debt. You can't get $23 trillion in debt through conflict. You can only get there through collusion. And if we actually had the integrity of compromise, well, we could have made much better decisions years ago uh, and been in a far better place. But now we've got to have a different kind of conversation with the American people, an honest conversation. Again, when, when our military experts are saying, hey, the greatest threat to national security is not China and it's not Russia and it's not North Korea, it's the debt. That's a conversation we have to have. Uh, I've said it before on this program, and I'll say it again right now. If the if the Democrats want to be the party of the little guy, if if they believe that they are the champion for the poor and the underprivileged, then they should be calling for an audit of every government program that touches poverty in any way, shape, or form. And making sure that there is no waste, fraud, or abuse. To make sure that the programs are actually producing the right results. Are we making people temporarily comfortable or are we helping them actually elevate and get on that upward trend, that upward mobility cycle as opposed to the downward cycle? And if the Republicans want to talk about reform, uh, let, let's talk about the, uh, the right kind of reform. Let's talk about some of the uh, cronyism that's going on in Washington. Let's talk about... 
how we need to do an evaluation of the military industrial complex for the very same reason. Let's make sure there's no waste, fraud, or abuse. Let's make sure that we are efficient and effective in everything that we're doing. Because there's a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse. There's a lot of things that happen that we could we could start to fix and start to handle. Uh, but we can't do it if we don't have the conversation. And that is going to take some compromise. And it's going to take some willingness to disagree without weaponizing anybody else's words, without being offended uh, or you know calling for some investigation. We just need to, to have a, a conversation. Not an investigation, a conversation with the American people. And many in Washington... Just keep telling the American people, just trust us. Just trust us. You know, if you just trust us with power, we'll fix everything. And this this plays both sides of the aisle. Again, I'm I'm equal opportunity offender today. They say just trust us. But I think what we have to do is we need to convince those in Washington to trust the American people. I, I trust the American people with their health care dollars and decisions. I trust the American people uh, to do the right thing in their communities. Uh, and that's part of the conversation we're going to have later on this hour when we talk about federalism, when we talk about what can and what should be pushed to the local level. We'll actually have uh, retiring uh, State Representative Ken Ivory will join us at 235 today. Uh, stay with us for that conversation and a focus of how do we get that federal how do we continue to have laboratories of democracy when more and more mandated spending is coming from washington dc that's not good for places like utah that are doing really quite well we have our problems we have our challenges we got to deal with air quality we got to deal with inland port we got to deal with medicaid we have a host of things we need to deal with uh, including the opioid crisis including addiction and depression and so on but we can deal with that much better here than anybody can ever deal with in Washington, D.C. So let's let's do that. Let's keep the laboratories of democracy thriving and growing and moving uh, because that's the that's the real test. Uh, before we before we take our break here, I want to hit uh, just one more thing as we uh, go back. If you missed our segment just prior to the top of the two o'clock hour, uh, we had a great conversation. It was my interview with Jenny Howe, uh, who does just some extraordinary work. We uh, tag teamed uh, with Jenny uh, on a movie called Angst that we showed at a lot of uh, schools around the state of Utah and had a a really important conversation about mental health for our young people. And as we get back to school this week, and again, we'll have many features here on KSL News Radio throughout the week, uh, tying into resources and assessments and things that can really help us tell what, what our kids need uh, how we can best help them, and, and how we help build that resilience. And, and to me, a lot of this comes down to the kinds of conversations. Uh, Jenny and I were joking that, uh, you know, it's not about interrogating your teenager at the dinner table. Uh, the dinner table was not designed as an interrogation unit. <laughs> and we should remember that as parents, because sometimes we do that, and then we wonder why they just give us the one-word answers of, you know, how was your day? Fine. What did you learn? Nothing. Nothing. What about tomorrow? I'm good. Uh, And off you go. Uh, So we need to have different kinds of conversations. And we need to have them in different places and spaces so that we can create an environment where they are more likely to open up and share what's really going on in their head and what's really going on in their world. 
And then we need to make sure as parents that we're not projecting our own insecurities, our own failings from when we were young uh, or in school or the stress or discouragement we felt when, when we were in high school or junior high. We need to make sure that we don't project that onto our children. We need to give them space to have their own experiences. So allowing them to feel that, it's a good thing. Stress is a good thing. Uh, It's when it becomes distress. Uh, And as Jenny rightly pointed out, the things to watch for is frequency. How often is it happening? Intensity. How big an event is it? And then duration. How long does it last? Those are great indicators to say, okay, this isn't just normal high school stress and anxiety. Uh, This is something deeper that we're going to need some help. Uh, And remember, as always, the Safe UT app. uh, Every parent and every student in this state should have that app on their phone uh, because if ever there is a moment where they need help or a friend needs help, uh, that is the fastest way to, uh, to get things moving. And we'll continue that conversation as we go throughout the the week this week. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll be joined by historian David Barton, one of my favorite historians, uh, talking about some of the things that go back to our nation's founding, some critical principles we need to remember. Stay with us. This is Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.